A warning before we begin. This episode is about a non-consensual sexual encounter. If you're having reservations about listening, I suggest you skip this episode and tune into the next one. To be honest, I never planned to talk about this on 17. I never planned to talk about it at all. It was so deeply buried that I forgot it ever happened. But then I started digging through my journals, and the memory came flooding back. Monday, July 28th, 2003. I drank a lot of beer and did a lot of shots. Goldschlager, tequila, Bacardi rum, and other things, and I got sick. So the girls put me to bed. Goldschlager. Gross. It was the end of senior year. We were hanging out with my friend's brother and his friends. They were all a year older and home from college. One of them threw a party while his parents were away. I got pretty blacked out, so my girlfriends took me up to his bedroom to sleep it off. I don't even like to think about the next part. There was this guy I had been funneling beers with earlier, and he was nice and all, but a little odd. Not the type of guy I would ever be attracted to. I don't know how, but at some point he was in the bed with me. I wrote that I didn't know how he was in the bed with me, but it's pretty clear now. He decided to get in the bed with me. He followed me upstairs, he saw me passed out, and he took advantage of me. I don't remember everything, but I know he started touching me. Then I think we ended up fooling around. I was trashed. It didn't really occur to me what was going on. Once I realized that I wanted him to stop, I thought it was too late, and I just waited for him to stop. I thought it was too late? I just waited for him to stop? Why didn't I tell him to stop? Why didn't I make him stop? I stayed silent, waited for him to finish, froze in fear. Fear of what? Fear that if I did say stop, or if I did say no, he wouldn't listen? Then things would really be out of my control. I still had my pants on, so I figured that if I went along with it, then it was just harmless drunken behavior. I remember waking up the next morning in the twin bed. I could feel a body pressed up against mine. I had to pee. My head was spinning. But I was too terrified to move. I was in a full panic. That his body was touching mine. That I'd let him do these things to me. But I had to move. So I opened my eyes. And I almost cried with relief when I realized he was gone. It was my best friend sleeping in the bed with me. The next day, I could barely move, and I knew that what had happened shouldn't have. But the more I think about it, the more creeped out and disgusted I am by this. The right side of my butt hurt, so I looked in the mirror, and I have a purple and black bruise the size of a banana. My nipples are also bruised, and blood vessels are popped. They have bloody spots, and they are very sore. It's entirely possible that the bruise on my butt was from my drunken behavior. 
but the not knowing was just a reminder of how that night got completely out of my control. And my nipples, the fucker bit me. And I let him. Or at least, I didn't stop him. I was mad at myself for that. But that's not fair either. There was a grown man on top of me, and he was biting me hard enough to make me bleed. Of course I froze. Of course I was too afraid to move. I know we were both drunk and that this is just as much my fault as his, but I've never felt like this after hooking up with a guy. Thinking about it makes my stomach churn, and I feel dirty and violated. I'm having trouble reckoning with my past self for writing that it was just as much my fault as his. But if I'm being honest, I'm still trying to convince myself that I'm not to blame. Because this was my fault, right? Because I put myself in this position. How could I get that drunk and then expect things to go any differently? But why? Why the hell wasn't I safe to pass out in my friend's bedroom? Consent was not a word we used as teenagers in the early aughts. We joked around that no means no, but there was no consideration for yes means yes. And if a girl got really drunk, then her behavior was on her. I knew I felt dirty and violated, but I didn't have the language or the tools at the time to process the experience. Instead, I believed it was my behavior that needed the change. This has made me realize that I need to start monitoring my drinking. I don't ever want to be like that again. Jesus, this is a horrible feeling. I did not start to monitor my drinking. I drank with abandon the rest of that summer. But there was no more getting put to bed. Not unless it was my bed. Those guys we hung out with, they all laughed at me over this hookup. I don't even remember how they knew or who told everyone. I was ashamed and upset, and I just didn't want to talk about it. So when they made fun of me for hooking up with a weirdo, I just told them to fuck off and left the room. I felt responsible, like I deserved to be embarrassed because I got drunk. I don't think it even occurred to me to tell anyone how I felt, and it certainly didn't occur to a single one of them that something was wrong with what had happened. We didn't really think that way back then. Not one person thought to say, wow, you were really drunk that night. That shouldn't have happened. In hindsight, I'm not surprised, because here's what we were up to. We were watching Britney Spears get harassed by journalists about her boobs and her virginity. We were buying soundtracks to sexually violent films. We were laughing at movies where guys make virginity packs and try to get girls drunk. The films marketed to teens featured sex tapes, hate crimes, and whipped cream bikinis. Rape culture was our pop culture. Tuesday, July 29th. I still feel like shit about Friday night. I can't help staring at my bruise. Every time I'm about to step into the shower, I see it. Huge and purple. I don't know why it bothers me so much. My breasts have stopped hurting, but my nipples are still hard and scabby. Fucked up Friday. That's my title for that night. After that entry, I did not write about fucked up Friday again. Not once. I think my brain did two things with the experience. One, it told me I was overreacting and this was no big deal. If it was no big deal, then just forget about it. Two, it told me this was a very big deal and I didn't have the emotional capacity to process it. If I couldn't process it, then why not just forget about it? 
the two contradicting things led to the same conclusion and course of action. Forget, Forget this, this ever happened, happened Laura. This allowed me to rewrite the night in my memory and turn it into a gross hookup that I regretted. It allowed me to believe I had agency. Allowed me to think it was my drunk mistake. That it was a decision I made. I was 11 years old the first time a man exposed himself to me. My best friend and I were keeping an eye on our mom's table at a craft fair. When he approached, his crotch was eye-level to our freckled faces, our blue eyes, our bangs. He was wearing cut-off jean shorts and looked around like he was checking out the art. He didn't make eye contact with us, but he did pull his penis out through his zipper and stand there for what felt like forever, touching himself right in front of us. God, he was probably younger than I am now. And we just fucking sat there, frozen. Later, we locked ourselves up in the attic, our secret space, and swore to never tell anyone. Swore to never talk about it again. And we didn't, not for nearly 25 years. Well, I did bring it up once, just to confirm. That really happened, right? Why the hell didn't we tell anybody? Why did we both, at 11 years old, have the same voice inside of us that said, you can't talk about this? We froze. We buried it. Because the shame, our shame, was too overpowering. I know I keep saying this. I froze, we froze, like deer caught in headlights. There is no reacting. It's this unconscious decision to just endure it. It's too late now. I'm already in this. It's better for both of us if I just let him finish. If I just sit here. If I just lay here. Eventually he'll leave. It's the voice in my head saying, It was just a penis, no big deal. It was just a hookup, no big deal. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get over it. That voice was loud. That voice is still loud. That voice is still inside my head saying, Laura, do you even know how lucky you are? Do you even know what others have been through? Thousands of women are using two words on social media to identify themselves as survivors of sexual harassment and assault today. It's hashtag MeToo. It's 2017, the beginning of the MeToo movement. It seemed like every single woman I followed on Twitter was posting the same tweet. It was bracing to see so many women sharing their stories openly, many for the first time ever. But I told myself that wasn't me. I had never really been forced to do anything against my will. I never said no. I never said stop. I was still a virgin after Fucked Up Friday. Somehow, in my own mind, there was this hierarchy of assault, this gray area of what's going too far. When everyone was talking about me too, I stayed silent. I know I'm not alone, not the only one with a story like this, who didn't embrace the hashtag, Didn't think I deserved a seat at that table, but I did. The CDC reports that one in three women has experienced sexual violence. They define sexual violence as sexual activity when consent is not obtained or not freely given. There are so, so many of us, and we're still not talking about it enough. The guy was a year older than me. He showed up at another party later that summer. I felt physical fear at the sight of him. My body remembered. I know who he is. I googled him. 
He calls himself a fucking feminist. Could I reach out to him? Of course. He looks harmless now. But he probably wouldn't remember me. And I would just fill with rage to know that he doesn't carry this around with him. Like I do. I'm also not reaching out because facing this night is not about him. This is about all of us who fall into this gray area. Who can't find the right words. Who didn't have a voice when it happened. And maybe don't have a voice now. This is about those with the blurry flashbacks and the burning shame. Who can't quite piece it all together. Who knew that something wasn't right. Who feel anger and guilt and regret. It wasn't about us when it happened. But it can be about us now. I know this was a heavy episode, so next time, let's lighten things up. It's the end of high school. We've got prom, graduation, saying goodbye to my friends, and to the best job I've ever had. All this and more on our next episode. Seventeen is an original series from Paradiso Media. The show is written and hosted by me, Laura Lee Abbey, featuring Leia Emanuel as young Laura. It's produced by Molly O'Keefe and Yael Evanor. Emmy Norris is our executive producer. Paradiso's chief content officer is Louis Debussy. And head of production is Benoit Dunaire. Brendan Galbraith is our associate producer. Yael Evanor is our editor and sound designer. Additional sound design and mix by Adrian LeBlanc and Jimmy Bardell. Recording engineer is Johnny Taylor from Beacon AV Lab. Original music by Guillaume Zolnirevsky. Our music supervisor is Benoit Dunig. Amy Faconier is our post-production assistant. Stefania Sotil designed our cover art. Special thanks to Lucy McKellion and Jean Boezek. Thanks for listening. <laughs>